0: Turn with me in your copy of God's Word. If you do not have one, we provide one in the pew for you. It will also be up on the screen to First Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. This is the last sermon in the series of finding contentment in a busy life. If you have missed some, would like to go back, you can always go to our Facebook page and scroll down and find the week's that you missed. And also it has been a blessing to preach this series while you are going through this in your Bible study times and also your Sunday school classes. If you are physically able, I would ask if you will stand with me this morning as we read again from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 1 through 12. And today in this series, Finding Contentment in a Busy Life, we look at uncomplicating our relationships. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word today. All of his children said, you may be seated. Well, there's an old, corny, cheesy joke that goes like this. What do you get when an elephant sits on a fence? A broken fence. I really didn't say that joke to make you laugh, so don't worry. I've... But just to use it as an illustration. Certainly, when an elephant sits on a fence, it breaks the fence. Uh, when I first came to this church... I remember because I just had to go to the doctor a few weeks before I left Richmond Utilities uh, back in 2003 is when I came. We came, right, Paula? 2003? And I weighed uh just a shy of 350 pounds. And I remember that time well because that spring of my first year of pastoring, we had an outing at Melanie Abbott's farm and... Holbert Hockham and Lee Martin were sitting on the tailgate of her Chevy and they said, come on preacher, uh, jump up here and sit down with us. And I did and broke her tailgate. And so I felt like the elephant sitting on the fence. There were also those in the old church before we moved here we had these brown chairs and some of you remember those brown chairs and Uh, I ruined about four or five of those. I would sit on them, and they would just keep spreading and spreading, and it's quite embarrassing, actually. You know, our relationship with God and man are the most valuable possession that we have in this life, but they're also the most fragile and therefore must be handled with great care. So when we set too much weight or baggage on our relationships, they break. And as we read in the Scriptures today, as the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, too much flirting and lust, and the chair breaks. And then we wonder, why did the chair break? Too much voicing our opinion in improper times and in improper ways, in our homes and at work and in the household of God, and the chair breaks. And then we wonder, well, why did the chair break? We put too much weight on it. Too much nosiness and not tending to our own business, and the chair breaks. And then we wonder, well, what, why did the chair break? It's because we put too much weight, too much unneeded baggage on it. And even, Paul goes on, too much depending on others and not working with our own hands or trusting the Lord. The chair breaks, and then we wonder, why are all these chairs or these relationships breaking in my life? You see, even good relationships are complicated at times. And that is because of situations and circumstances many times out of our control. But with the Lord's help today, I've asked that the Holy Spirit would give us aid in uncomplicating and bringing more contentment to our relationships. Father, I ask that you would use me, your servant, to speak to your people. And Lord, we do need your help. And not only a healthy relationship with you, but a healthy relationship with each other. Give us wisdom, Lord, that we will not pick up things that need not be picked up. Give us strength today, Lord, and speak to us fresh and anew. You are our only hope. In Christ's name, amen. The first thing that we realize today is that relationships are a gift from God to bring blessings into our life. And that's because we were created for relationship. Just as Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day, just as God said it was not good for man to be alone, we were created for relationships. We were created for relationship with our Creator, and we are created to desire and to find purpose and much joy in relationships with each other. But also the fact is is that God speaks through people and He teaches through people that bring wisdom and knowledge to us about life and the Lord. And And you might say, but I have some very complicated relationships. But even when the relationships aren't perfect or are broken and fragmented, we still can learn about life and learn more about our Lord. God uses relationships... Whether they're in our life for a lifetime or just for a season, He uses relationships with Himself and others to form us, to grow us, to build us, and add fulfillment into our life. Yes, relationships are a great blessing and a gift from God. But it is true that relationships can and do become complicated. Why? Well, they become that way because life is complicated. That's the whole purpose of the series, is finding contentment in a busy life. And so, because life is complicated and becomes busy, therefore our relationships can become complicated. We must remember, this is not heaven. Christ has not yet turned to reward and judge and to establish in totality His kingdom. And we are not perfected yet, even in the church. And therefore, because we have not yet been perfected and Christ has not returned, our relationships are not perfect. There were no relationships even in the pages of God's holy word that did not have complications. From beginning to end. There's complications. And I would say this, that even the way that our relationship was restored to God was a bloody cross for His Son. That's complicated. That's disturbing in itself. And yet, that was what had to be done for our sins to be forgiven. So the truth is, is that no relationship is perfect. I still fail as a pastor, I still fail as a father, I still fail as a husband. No relationship is perfect or always uncomplicated. And I guess that's why I kind of struggled with the title of this message, is that if you just listen to the Scripture, there'll be no complicated relationships, and that's just not true. Even the best relationships can become complicated at times. They're either healthy or unhealthy. They're either good or bad relationships. Now, the truth is, as, as I shared about the elephant sitting on the fence and then our weight putting our negative weight putting in relationships, it is true. And Paul teaches us here today in the scripture that we read that we can make Christ our Lord and Savior. And we can make Christ-led decisions to uncomplicate many relationships and have more healthy relationships with much more contentment in our lives. And that, my brothers and sisters, is very true. Many times we separate, uh, again, our spiritual life and our secular life. Really, there is no separation, but we try to separate that. And we do that many times in our relationships as well. We come on Sunday morning, we say, this is my relationship with God. But all of my other relationships through the week, that's on me. But I want you to know today that God made you for relationships, and He's very concerned about our relationships. And our relationships matter to Him. And so the question is why? Why do our relationships matter to God? One, as I said, He built us for relationships. And he cares for us, so therefore he cares and is concerned about the health and well-being of the relationships that we allow ourselves to be in, how we respond to other people in our relationships. He's concerned in how we treat and interact with human beings, and especially, listen, and especially within the church to whom he has given his spirit as the text points out today. He reminds us that He has saved us not for impurity, but holiness. And He's given us His Spirit to help us in our relationships. And He's writing here to the church. He came to save us. So therefore, He is concerned about our relationships. And He saves us from broken and harmful relationships, failed relationships. He redeems our lives. He cares about our relationships because those saved by grace and through faith in Jesus Christ, as I shared a minute ago, have been given His Holy Spirit to help us grow in holiness, helping us build healthy relationships if we would only trust and obey, as the old hymn says, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. He is concerned about our relationships as Paul speaks to the church here because he has taught and is teaching us how to love one another through the love and grace that he has shown to us. And that is important to him and should be important to us. And therefore we must love. let God's love for us drive us in how we relate to others. Do we show grace to others as God has shown grace to us? Do we express our love to others as God has expressed Himself to us? Do we give give ourselves for the benefit and well-being of others as He has done for us? Do we nurture and strengthen and encourage others as He has done for us? He is concerned about our relationships because we were built for relationships. He's given us His Holy Spirit. And he wants his love for us to drive how we treat and relate to other people in this life. He is concerned about our relationships because how we would behave in our earthly relationships reflects upon our relationship with the Lord. What do you mean by that? Pastor Allen, you might ask, I'll tell you what I mean by that that when I treat someone in a rude or unkind way or in ways that the Apostle Paul has written in First Thessalonians 4, 1 through 12, when I put too much weight on the chair and it breaks, it reflects upon my relationship with the Lord. We don't get to say, I praise you with all my heart and treat our brothers and sisters like garbage because it reveals that therefore we do not have as good a relationship, nor do we even know the love and grace in God like we express that we do. And so when we come into the Lord's house and praise Him and sing and act holy and pious, but we treat the waitress right after church or the waiter like dirt and leave a cheap tip, it really expresses... We don't know grace like we just sang Amazing Grace while we were in church a half hour earlier. Or if we go home and curse our spouses and uh, verbally abuse our children or maybe even worse and physically, and yet we claim to know the grace of God, we know nothing of the grace of God. If we stir up trouble within the church and bring discord among the brethren, we really don't know what the grace and love of God is because God is concerned about those relationships. His desire for us is our sanctification or our holiness, our growing more and more in grace. And so He is concerned about our relationships. He is concerned of the negative weight that we put upon our relationships. But if you've been napping, wake up, because I want to share this with you. And especially to you young people, especially, tune in to me just for a moment. Many of our relationships become complicated, they become broken, and they become fragmented. Listen, because we expect people to do for us what only the Lord can do. We expect people to be for us what only God can be. And so these false expectations are brought in. Uh, We are of the Disney age, and Snow White is kissed by the prince and awakened from her sleep from the poison apple, and they live happily ever after, right? until Snow White puts on 50 pounds after she gives birth to their first child and Prince Charming belches at the table, and worse. We are disappointed many times even in our relationships because we expect people to fulfill us in a way that only God can. And so we put these... False expectations on our relationships with people that aren't perfect, just like us. And when they do not fulfill us in all the ways that we think they should be, then our relationships become fragmented and broken. And beloved, that even goes in the house of the Lord. That even goes in our relationship as myself, with as pastor, to you and to you, to me. Only God's love through Jesus Christ, only God's love through Jesus Christ can make us whole. Only God's love through Jesus Christ can heal our soul, can shape us and transform us as we grow in our relationship with the Lord and experience His grace and mercy each day. And only being at peace with our Creator through Jesus Christ in a relationship with His Son Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, can bring us joy, wholeness, and contentment. And when we're at peace with God, we can be more at peace with others. And so, when we are not at peace with God, we can be assured, or that we won't be as at peace with others, and that reflects in how we treat each other. And that's what Paul's writing here today, and he lists specific things, but he's just saying God's concerned about how you relate to others, and how you treat others, and how you behave with others. And our lack of peace with each other shows that we're not at as much peace with God as we should be. First, beloved, before anything else, we must be a friend of Jesus. Because He has been a friend to us. Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven. God put on flesh and He dwelt among us. And He walked among us in this imperfect and rotten world, if you will. With all of its sin and all of its baggage. And in this world He took our sins upon the cross of Calvary. He bore our sins and became the sacrificial lamb and shedding His blood at Calvary's tree. And there He died for you and me. He died. Was placed in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, He arose from the grave. No one has done for us what Jesus Christ has done for us. And you might say, yes, but people have done so much for me. But no one can do for us what Christ has done for us. Even if I gave myself, even if I was courageous enough and brave enough to give myself up to a cross for you, it still wouldn't matter because I'm not pure and holy as Christ. Only He could do that. I cannot. And you cannot for me. What a friend that we have in Jesus. All our sins and our griefs to bear. And He did that. What a friend He has been to us that He hears us when we cry out to Him and He is kind and patient and compassionate and that His promise is, I do not leave or forsake my people even in the difficulties and brokenness of life. He is still working all things for our good. He's still moving us along towards our eternal destination. He is still growing us and forming us and blessing us even in this fragmented world. Who else has done that for us except Jesus Christ? Who else has done that for you except Jesus Christ? Who else can do that for you except Jesus Christ? What a friend that we have in Jesus. And this dear friend extends his hand today. Each day Jesus Christ is saying, let me be for you what no one else can be. Let me restore you unto God the Father, your Creator. And let's get that relationship settled First. And then, and then with my help, we can uncomplicate many relationships here even in an imperfect world and imperfect bodies. His hand, this friend extends his hand to you today. Would you by faith receive his friendship today? Would you trust your soul, your life, with the only One that can make you whole and content today? And would you do that now today? What better time and what better place, what better day than to say, yes, by faith I received the hand of my greatest friend, God Himself in the flesh. And Christian, we are not immune to this because... We have the New Testament and the letters because we are not perfected and we still have relationship problems. They're given to instruct us and bring life into us. And Christian, I ask you today, is your life and relationships one of discontent? Are you dependent upon people as Paul wrote there, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one? Except God, of course. Are you dependent on people to do for you what only your Savior can do? Would you renew your relationship with Him today? And I ask this question, and I already know the answer because I know the answer for me. But do you need help and strength in your relationships and uncomplicating them? I'm your king there. Yes, we do. And here's the great promise. Your great friend Jesus Christ will help you if you will but take His hand and receive His offer and let Him be to you what only He can be and no one else. Our wonderful Lord, may all today by faith clearly see the extended hand from heaven. May we clearly see our greatest friend. Help us, Lord, to be a friend to you today. And that those who need salvation will by faith take hold of your hand. To discontent Christians, Lord, would you renew a steadfast spirit within them holding on to you. For all of us, Lord, needing help with contentment, would we trust You today? I ask, Lord, You as our great and eternal friend, the living Lord, Lord, that You would reveal Yourself to all of us today, in each heart here today, in each mind, and bring healing and wholeness to our life that we might experience contentment even in this life until we are fully contented in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.